really am glad that you came today. You decided to come to Hope Church rather than Bedside Baptist. You've never heard of Bedside Baptist Church? I've never had the privilege of being at Bedside Baptist Church because I'm usually here, but no, it's... Uh, and listen, people online, don't take that the wrong way. We, we love you. You're probably enjoying a cup of hot coffee or chocolate. And No, I'm really glad you're here. Thanks for coming. This is honoring to God, and I appreciate so much that you look outside some mornings and you think, oh man, you know, but I'm glad you came, and I pray that God will honor your faith in coming. I'm going to talk to you about a subject today uh, that really is foundational in our faith, and it talks about us being stewards and how we, the kind of stewards that we are. That's, uh, you probably have not used the word steward in forever, but uh, God is very important in his word. He writes a lot about it. I was thinking about how to introduce this to you, and I thought, you know what? I own a lot of stuff, and a lot of us own a lot of stuff. You know, I own a house almost. I'm getting so close. If you get old enough, you, you'll own a house someday if you get old. But you have to get old sometimes. So I think I'm about a year away. I own two cars. I own a lawnmower. I own a good snowblower, which I got out the other day. Even though the snow was only about like this, I kind of looks. But I wanted to make sure it ran. You know what I mean? So I got it out. It's running. Very thankful for that. I own a Lazy Boy. I told you about that last week. It's a good one. I own tools. I love tools. I got that from my dad. I'm, I got enough tools to be dangerous. In fact, I don't, I don't even care if something breaks around the house, especially if I need a tool to fix it that I don't have. Honey, I can fix that sink. I just got to go to Home Depot, and I, there's a wrench. It goes up behind there, and I can get, get a hold of that nut, you know. But guys, if you play that card, let me just, from experience, tell you, if you go buy a tool, it better fix it. Okay, if, if, if you buy that, she'll be on to you, you know, if you buy that tool and, oh, oh, it didn't turn out, it didn't work. No, don't do that. Linda says, I own too many keyboards. I'm not, we just disagree on this. We agree on a lot of things, but uh, I only own eight keyboards. <laughs> That's true, I, but one is vintage. It really is not playable. It was just the first digital keyboard that came out like in... 1980-something or something, I don't know. So it just sits. I just look at it and just... <laughs> From my perspective, I own a lot of stuff. But the Bible has a different perspective. The psalmist said, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. In other words, since God has created everything and he's given us even our very lives, the Bible says, therefore, he's the owner. We uh, don't think about that enough and sometimes we push back on that. You might say, well, wait a minute. I worked hard for those eight keyboards. I mean, I worked my tail off. I saved up money, and every one of those I bought. Those are mine. What are you telling me that belongs to somebody else? But the Bible says, beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me these things. 
You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Well, how was I able to earn money? What abilities did he give me? What health did he provide for me? Everything belongs to God. In fact, the Bible says, what do any of us have that we did not receive from his hand, really? So the reality is we are stewards, not owners. I want to define what a steward is since we don't use that word very much. A steward is a manager of someone else's property and business affairs. Therefore, stewardship always involves the management of responsibilities entrusted to the steward. So the owner kind of tells the steward, here's what I'm entrusting you with, and here are the responsibilities, now you manage that. And we are called in the Bible to be generous stewards of everything God has given to us. Uh, Jesus once told this uh, parable, he said, the land of a rich man produced plentifully, and he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. I was struck by how many eyes and mys are in this story. I, what shall I do? I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns. I will build larger ones. I will store all my grain and my goods. Then I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods. But God says, you're a fool if you think that way. In other words, if you think life is all about you, (laughs) you're being very foolish. He says your soul will be required of you. Why? Because God gave you your life. And we have to return and give an account to the God who gave us life. Someday we will all stand before him. And who gets the things that we've worked hard for? (laughs) You can't take it with you, can you? Have you ever seen a hearse towing a (laughs) U-Haul? Seriously. Anything we accumulate, any wealth that we possess, it's going to belong to somebody else. So, friends, the core value, one of the core values in the Christian Missionary Alliance, because we recognize this truth in the Bible, simply states, everything we have belongs to God. We are his stewards. I want to show you a couple passages of scripture that we're going to just talk briefly about that today. One is found in the Old Testament book of 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. So if you have a Bible and would like to turn to it or get that up in your device. But I'm also going to go into Gospel of Matthew uh, chapter 25 where Jesus tells another parable about uh, the talents. And he's talking about stewardship there. So we'll do, there's some things from that uh, Old Testament passage and then we'll be going back and forth. Uh, As you're turning to 1 Chronicles 29, 
I want to just give you some background there. King David is at the end of his life, and uh, his son Solomon is about to take over and become king. Late in David's life, he had, had a desire to build a temple for God, of which would house the Ark of the Covenant. But God said, no, you're, you're not the one to build the temple. Actually, I'm going to build it through your son, Solomon. But David still wanted to get all the groundwork laid, and he wanted everything to be ready and in place for the building of that temple. And, and so in 1 Chronicles 29, in the opening verses, David himself donates a vast amount from his personal wealth toward that project. And then he asks the people to give. And he says, if you're willing, it's always if you're willing. <laughs> if you're willing, if you have a heart for this, uh, give so that my son Solomon can build this temple to the Lord, a place where he will meet with us and help us. And so... Uh, There's an outpouring, a tremendous response from the people, and much is brought in. And so David's heart is full. He gets before the group of people, and he starts to praise God and pray to God. And that's uh, starting in verse 10. So chapter 29 of 1 Chronicles, verse 10. Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. You see, right away he recognized we just didn't give all this stuff because of us. Somehow God helped us in our hearts to be generous And he's even seek, so he's giving God all the glory. He says, God, you're great. I praise you for to you is all the greatness. That Hebrew word has the connotation of being heavy. There's a heaviness. Back when I was a teenager, I had long hair down to about here, by the way. It was all black. I'll have to show you guys a picture sometime. You won't believe it. Uh, When I went out for football, I came home one day and my hair was cut short because of football. They made you do that. I still remember my dad coming home from work and he said, Irene, our son's back. (laughs) But anyhow, now I don't even remember where I was at. No, back when in those days we used to talk like, oh man, that's heavy. No, you know what I'm talking about, right? That's, man, that's heavy. And what that meant was you're saying something that's very weighted. And that's, the, that's kind of the feeling here. God, your greatness, there's weight to you. Oh, the depth of who you are. Yours is the power. You can do mighty things. Yours is the glory. There's inherent beauty. That speaks of his inherent beauty and distinction. Yours is the victory, God. You, you conquer. You overcome all the obstacles. You do what you want. And God, yours is the majesty. It speaks of all his attributes as God. And then David also acknowledges that for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Generous stewardship. If we're going to be generous stewards, it always begins with a comprehension of who God is. And a right understanding that everything we have belongs to him. Life is not all about us. If we fail, I put the statement on the screen, if we fail to comprehend the greatness of God and acknowledge that everything belongs to Him, we will become selfish owners rather than generous stewards. Those are the poles of which we are drawn. 
That's why A.W. Tozer said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What you think about him. If you really see him as an owner. The New Testament, Jesus tells the story of the parable of talents. It's found in Matthew 25. And it has, it's really a story of this kind of stewardship. How we steward what God has given us. There are two parties, the owner and the stewards. And in Matthew 25, starting in verse 14, Jesus begins his story. It's in the context that he's, get, he's telling the people that he's going away, but he's going to come back again someday. And so he tells this story. Jesus said, For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one each according to his ability. Then he went away. You see, the owner entrusted. The stewards didn't own it. The owner owns it. But he entrusted it to stewards. In the Old Testament, a talent was a unit of weight to measure precious metals. It was about 75 pounds. In the New Testament, a talent represented the largest monetary unit that they had at that time. So for the owner to say that, for Jesus to say that the owner had eight talents, uh, he's saying this is a very wealthy owner. And he's giving significant responsibility to the stewards. So notice that the owner entrusted to each man according to his ability. I like that. You know, if I'm a one-talent guy, I don't have to do the things the five-talent guy's doing. <laughs> you know, in fact, to do so is kind of going to be very frustrating. And God knows us. He knows you. He knows your makeup. He's gifted you. He's given you abilities. Those of you who know him, he's given you spiritual gifts. He knows, he, he's going to entrust things to you that you're able to do. That's freeing to me to know that. Um. There's an old saying that you can't put in what God left out. <laughs> and that's true. And we're not supposed to do things that God has not given us to do. God knows each of us. And it's very freeing just to know that he won't entrust to us more than he wants us to use. Then he continues the parable in verse 16. It talks about now when... Uh, what these uh, stewards did after the, after the master or the owner left. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So two of the men in the parable seem to realize the expectation that when God entrusts you with something to do, he's expecting you to work at it and to exercise it. Two of the men do that. One of the men simply buried the talent in the ground. You see, this is a picture of kingdom work. Jesus is saying, Jesus, excuse me, it's a picture of the kingdom work. Jesus is the master who's gone away. <laughs> He's always with us, but he's gone away, so to speak. He's in heaven at the right hand of God the Father. And he's there, but he's entrusted to us to do his kingdom work on earth. He's entrusted that to the church. But Jesus is coming back. He will require an accounting 
of our stewardship. We will need to give an account before God of what we've done with what he's given us. What have you done with your possessions? How have you used your finances? What are you doing with your abilities, your spiritual gifts? What do you do on the job? The relationships. How have you stewarded relationships? Husbands, are you loving your wives well? He's, He's entrusted you to do that. Our time. Everything else that he's entrusted. The gospel. He's entrusted to the church the message of the gospel. That's why we exist. We're going to have to give an account to God. I'm going to have to give an account to God of how I steward my pastoral calling. I'm just going to have to do that. And I will, be, I will be judged more strictly, the Bible says, on how I did that. This is really, really important. Because if we don't understand that we're going to have to give an account, then it's, it's going to affect the way we steward what we're doing. Back to 1 Chronicles 29.15. In David's prayer, he says this, We are strangers before you and sojourners. As all our fathers were, our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no abiding. We're not here very long. There's something else, eternity looming. And if we don't comprehend that, we won't steward here our resources the way we should. Think of it in these terms. People make financial investments. Many of you have a financial investment. And the principle is is that you put something away now so that you'll have it to use later. Okay? If you don't put something away now, you won't have it later. When I was a kid, I, for a brief time, I did a coin collection. I used to collect coins. I don't know. Back in those days, they had these little blue books. Anybody of you have any of those? You have these little blue books. And uh, some of them were pennies. Some of them were nickels, dimes. Uh, quarters. I got into quarters. And so I'd always be asking people for quarters, you know. Hey, you got a quarter? Dad, you got an extra quarter? Hey, you got a quarter? And I'd see, you know, and you try to find the date and the year, and then you'd match it up with the thing. The problem with me, that, that's kind of like an investment to collect something like that. The problem is, when I was down at the corner store, it was in walking distance to my house, I'd see something there I want. And I, I knew if I asked my mom and dad, they'd say, no, you can't have that. So I'd come and raid my coin collection. I'd start pulling quarters out of it. And I'd head back up and buy whatever I want and the, the, whatever it was. And, but uh, I don't have any of that today. I have none of those coins. I don't have any. A guy came up to me after the service. I had those blue books. I still have every one. I think he's just trying to rub it in, you know. <laughs> okay, you're, you're a better steward, you know. But listen, if, if we just... Keep pulling the quarters out of our abilities, our time, our talents, and use it all for ourselves in this life. You'll have nothing in the next life. That's not the way we're supposed to live. Jesus said we weren't simply to store up treasure on earth, but to steward what we have, knowing that it will produce treasure in heaven. The work we do here will provide treasure in heaven. Well, let me finish the story. that Jesus told. The reckoning is coming. The master has returned and each one has to give an account. Matthew 25, verse 20. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. 
His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 24. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The first picture is of stewards, stewardship well done. And both of the stewards, the one who had been given five talents and the one who had been given two, both used the same language. Master, you've delivered to me. I have made X more. In other words, Master, you entrusted and we gained. And to each, Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to hear those words someday. How about you? I just want to hear someday, Jim, well done. You've stewarded faithfully, not perfectly, but you've stewarded faithfully. Enter into the joy of your master. But there's also a picture of unfaithful stewardship as the one who had the one talent in essence places the blame on the master. He says in effect, you're too demanding. And that's what most people say to God these days to be honest with you. If you say that Your life belongs to God and he wants your life. That's too demanding. Jesus said, if anyone would be my disciple, what did he say? You have to take up your cross. You have to die to yourself. And you have to present your life to me. And people says, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. That's too demanding, Jesus. I want to live my life for myself, so I'm just going to bury that little requirement right there. (laughs) And we just bury that thought in the ground, just like that servant buried his one talent. And you use all your talents for yourself. What do you think that that servant had been given the one talent? What do you think he's doing all those years? He wasn't working for the master, that's for sure. 
So who was he living for? He's living for himself. But then somehow the master comes back to require, and he says, oh, well, I didn't. I just lived for myself, but here, here's, here's what you gave me. <laughs> you know. It's a very sad picture because Jesus said that any person who tries to save their life for themselves and only live for themselves, they will lose their life eternally. But anyone who gives their life now, loses their life, gives it to God, they will save their lives eternally. It's, it's, a, it's a serious matter. We're not just talking about money here. You've caught under that, haven't you? We're talking about how you live. How you use your life. Even your very soul that God wants. He's given you life to steward, but he says, give it back to me. And serve me. And man, I'll do some incredible things through you. And I'll bless you. And I'll be with you. But too many of us say, nah, no. Uh, too costly. As I conclude today, what's, what makes the difference? I ask you this question. What, what makes the difference between those stewards? The two that were faithful, the one that was unfaithful. I suggest to you that it really is just a matter of our hearts. It really is that simple. When Jesus told us not to store up tre uh, treasures on earth, but to store them up in heaven, he said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. What do I treasure most in life? What do you treasure most in life? In David's prayer, I'm going to conclude with this, there were some powerful thoughts about the relationship between the people's hearts and their stewardship. And David wrote this back in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 17. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasures in uprightness. God tests us to see what's in our hearts. And he takes pleasure when there's purity in our hearts. In the uprightness of my heart, David said, I have freely offered all these things. I'm not doing it to make a name for myself. I don't want people to pat me on the back. Oh, look at what David did. Oh, look at how great he is. He said, I haven't done it like that. God, you know my heart. I've done it because I want your name to be glorified on earth. And now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. O oh Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers. And this, this is a key phrase. Keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts toward you. I, I like to think of this as a 3,000-year-old prayer that you and I were prayed for. Because he says, keep forever these thoughts, these purposes in the hearts of your people. We're his people. I believe David and God preserved this prayer in the Bible because these are the purposes that he wants for us. He wants our hearts to be given to him. Whatever we treasure most in our hearts matters to God. He knows your heart today. He knows mine. And what we are really treasuring in the depth of our hearts, he knows. And it matters to him. And what we treasure will determine what kind of steward we will be, whether we steward for our own good or whether we steward things for God's good and glory. Are we selfish owners or generous stewards? 
I want to, I think I'd be remiss if I left uh, this message without saying to you, uh, oftentimes we are a mixture sometimes. There are times where we can fall into being selfish, but there are many times that we steward well. And I would be remiss to say if I did not thank you as a church for the many ways you have stewarded well over these past nine and a half years. How graciously you have served. Every time you've served, every time you've greeted, received an offering, given, given an offering, taught in a Sunday school class, came to worship. These are all things that you stewarded your time and you've, you've been a blessing. And I just want to thank you for those things. I've been reminiscing this week because it was 10 years ago that I had concluded a 16-year ministry as a music pastor in Warren, Ohio at the end of 2008. And in 2009, I was getting ready, this month of January, I was getting ready to begin work in planting Hope Church in Brunswick, Ohio. I was getting ready to strip wallpaper and paint my house. I had to sell my house. I commuted for several months. But, you know, in those days, we didn't have a place to meet. We did not have any people at all. We had no offerings. We had just a, a calling from God, I believed, to come to this town and honor his name, join others that were not the only ones. And of course, we've had a lot of difficulties and problems along the way, but we've also had a lot of triumphs, and God has helped us. And uh, even in these days, they're very difficult, and we've had to take some steps back. But I'm just praying that this sovereign God will help us to steward faithfully all that he's entrusted to us. And every now and then, I like to look at this little graphic um, this came across a few years ago. This was an ad that was in one of the football programs back in the 70s. And I don't know if you can see it or not, but just below the cactus on the right side, there's an address there. If you can read it, it says 1905 Pearl Road. That's here. We're 1905 Pearl. So back in the 70s, that was the kitchen over there to the cactus steakhouse. And then God entrusted that property. Eventually that closed down and St. Stephen's bought this property and they expanded from the steakhouse out a couple ways. And now God has entrusted this to us. And I just want him to find us faithful. Because there's people in Brunswick, Ohio that don't need another steakhouse. They don't need it. Well, maybe you think they do need a steakhouse. <laughs> I guess. But ultimately, they don't need another steakhouse in Brunswick. We don't need a bingo hall. That's what this, this space was functioning as. We don't need another auto parts store. I'll say that with confidence. And that's what the, the building was over here. But God said, we need a place where people will honor my name and tell other people about the love I have for them. And he's entrusted the gospel itself with us. 
So these, these messages are very important. They, I, I pray that it won't just go in an ear and out an ear, but we'll all think about prayer. You know, prayer, last week we talked about prayer, and I'm just so thankful to all of you that came and prayed. We had over 50 people praying on Wednesday night. And I say that without any guilt. If you didn't come, couldn't come. But I continue to throw this out to you. Please come. Because this is a foundation God says, I'll move and I'll work among you, but you have to pray. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. I'm I thankful for the, the ladies' uh, meeting this past week. Over 60 women gathered together and had soup together, soup and scripture, and heard testimonies and uh, heard some Bible teaching and were encouraged and edified. I'm just thankful for the things God wants to do. And he wants us to draw people in. So, friends... Let's steward well what God has given us to do. There's an old gospel song, and I close with this. It's called Heaven on My Mind. Luther Barnes wrote it. He says, I'm determined. I've got a made-up mind. I can't stand around wasting my time. I'm going to keep on working for Jesus every day of my life because I've got heaven on my mind. <laughs> I love the song. It's a good song. But I love the thought. I, we can't just stand around twiddling our thumbs. Let's have heaven on our minds. Let's long for the people of Brunswick to be in heaven with us. I'm going to, before we sing, I'm going to invite the worship team to come, but I just want us to pray for a couple minutes. We've got time. I won't extend the service long at all here. But um, I'd like to do something a little different. I, I'd, I'd like to ask some of you in just a moment to come forward and kneel here on the steps. And just pray for Hope Church that we would steward what God has given us and, and ask him for his help. Uh, throughout the time of Hope Church, we've often gathered on these steps. And it's been a place like an altar place. It's been a place where we meet with God. So some of you can stay. I know these steps are hard, so I promise I will not keep us here long. I just want us for a couple minutes to pray. Then I'll close in prayer. You can go back. We'll sing a closing song, okay? So, and in your heart, maybe you would just like to speak to God personally about your own stewardship, whether it be personal or however. But I do want some just to come and pray. So as many of you feel led, would you just come now and pray, and I'll start to play, and then just a moment we'll close. ask for your help for all of us to take seriously the steward the things you've entrusted to us to steward your word says that you've shed your love abroad in our hearts and we're called to steward that love and share that love you've called us ambassadors for you and entrusted us with the presses a precious message that Jesus came and lived a perfect life and a sinless life and offered that sinless life on a cross as a payment for our sins 
and to tell people that death could not hold him and that through faith in his name we can be forgiven and given the gift of eternal life. Oh God, would you help us to steward the gospel? Would you help us to steward our time, our abilities, our finances, our giftings? Would you help Hope Church? You knew all along that this property would not remain a steakhouse. You knew all along it wouldn't remain a bingo hall or an auto parts store. You knew that you would entrust this ministry, not just buildings, but a ministry to your holy name. And I pray for the grace that, that you would give us to steward it well and help us. We admit our weakness. We admit that we have often failed in that calling to do things the way you would want. But we cry out to you and ask for help and grace. And to continue to honor your name in Brunswick, Ohio. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.